Christine, welcome again. This is Farsight Chat number three. Great to have you again. Great to speak with you. How are you doing? Doing great. Thanks for joining me again here today. This is awesome. Thank you, Christine. So today, as you know, uh, we're talking about a very interesting topic. It's the uh, it's a favorite topic for me. Uh, it's on the great technology stack pivot, and it is it is really going to be talking about the pivot from a layered architecture to the network architecture driven by digitalization, um, IoT, and then 4AR or the fourth industrial revolution. So I'll set the stage, Christine, and then um, we can go on uh, with the questions. So quickly moving on to uh, what we're going to cover today, Christine. Uh, what, from from our organization standpoint, what we're really seeing is that the pace of the manufacturing transformation, uh, it's being driven by data centricity, and it's accelerated during the pandemic, as you have also seen in customers that you're working with. So this tremendous need for reliable demand forecasting, and also that's uh, that's driven by acute supply chain pressures across industries like automotive, aerospace, and defense. And on top of it all, uh, they have a much more leaner workforce. And these all forces are exerting significant pressure on uh, the cost management from an operational standpoint, uh, production throughput, availability in plant uptime, and then collaboration because we are more decentralized than ever in the past decade or so. I'm showing in the chart uh, right now on the screen is how we see manufacturing organizations evolve in the technology stack from now into the next 12 years. Um, so simplification of the technology stack is a very real trend that we're observing, as you know. Uh, but what we're also observing as a dichotomy is the manufacturing organizations are at a crossroads today. They need to transform, but the journey is very unclear. So what I would like to talk about today with you, Christine, is how and why they should make the pivot. Can they really do it cost effectively? And what attributes would make up for an ideal partner? You know, these are the key questions that uh, we I would be asking you, Christine. And uh, let me let me jump straight up into the first question. Uh, the first question is, uh, we've gone through, or rather the industrial market, the energy markets, and generally speaking, we've all gone through four major computing revolutions, starting with mainframes, to client servers, and then came cloud, uh, mobile, and along with that is the edge computing uh, paradigm and the revolution as well. Uh, with the edge computing revolution, the industry is pivoting from a layered architecture to a network architecture. And that's due to a proliferation of uh, 4AR technologies. Uh, but in all this midst, I would like to understand from you, what do you see as critical and core in this technology stack uh, journey that will help customers drive towards simplification. Uh, would love to hear your thoughts on that, Christine. So, as as you noted um, in your, in your opening, you know there's challenges that these manufacturers and this industry faces that they have to address. So, there's that's the why. Now, the I love your analogy of you know the the transitions that we've had over the industry across those four major um, points, and that same transition needs to happen in the industrial infrastructure and having that foundation of a, a, a technology stack that is a more um, networked architecture, distributed architecture to be able to deal with first and foremost, the amount of data. Um, how do you, 
you know, the, the amount of data that is sitting in these factories today, a, a typical smart factory will be two terabytes of data. And how, at today, they're maybe using single digit, and you talked about this in one of our earlier talks, you know, single digit amount of data that they're actually using from their, their infrastructure today. And if, if, if we're going to get to the possibility of utilizing that data to make real insights off of it and take actions for greater efficiencies, we do have to move to a networked architecture in this infrastructure. And, and I and my team often refer to this as software-defined. How do you get to a software-defined infrastructure that allows you to manage the workloads where they need to be, have a more IT kind of capability for updating and, and transferring the workloads where they the operations need to happen. And as that happens, now you can bring the AI capability onto that data. So the machine learning, the machine vision, and you can now operate on that data, take the insights and ultimately bring it forward. The other technology that is really emerging that really helps make this happen is ultimately for that, that distributed network is 5G. Now we all think about it with our, our cell phones and we now see the 5G, um, you know, modicon on the, on the phone, but, uh, 5G actually with its definition really brings a low latency wireless capability. And that can also help with this more layered architecture across the network to ultimately bring these capabilities. And then ultimately being able to use this data that is, you know, distributed across the operations, utilizing AI capabilities to the next level. Thank you, Christine. I think um, one of the points that you mentioned was the use of software to modernize obsolete infrastructure. That sounds very appealing to me because the manufacturing industry today, 80% of the manufacturers in the U.S. are SMBs, and they all have a lot of significant technology debt. Uh, they have significant brownfield plants and assets so for us to go and ask them to rip and replace would, would be a significant undertaking from a capital standpoint. So Intel's strategy of democratizing the use of software to modernize the obsolete infrastructure sounds very appealing. So with that in mind, Christine, I just quickly want to move on to the next question is, particularly from Intel's standpoint and Intel's portfolio, how do you see Intel helping customers in this transformation journey for technology stack simplification? Yes. So our, our foundational approach, as we've talked about in the previous uh, two um, chats, was is really about that open platform approach and having more standard foundational elements that the industry can use and bring together. And so, of course, we have an extensive uh, portfolio of, of assets, whether it's our silicon platforms or the software that we make available to really bring forth the capabilities in the products um, that, that we deliver. And that's inclusive of the things I mentioned previously of some of our industrial focused software, as well as the OpenVINO uh, toolkit that, that really helps with the, the inference of data at the edge. Um, a, a couple examples I'll, I'll give in some of our silicon assets are, of course, our Intel Xeon D processors. And, and these are, these are, products that we make available that meet the needs of IoT applications, specifically in the industrial space. And how do you have the right security and foundational compute that you expect from Intel-based platforms, but also, you know, the, the specific um, IO and reliability that you need for 
the IoT and the industrial applications. We also uh, work with the ecosystem of partners to utilize our Intel architecture and the assets we have with, say, our vPro technologies, whether that's the security, the manageability, or the overall performance capabilities, and helping our ecosystem of partners deliver industrial PCs, PCs that are really built for the industrial space that bring the compute, but also meet the, I'll call it the more rugged environments that they're going into. And, you know, as I mentioned previously in our previous chats, you know, we have a range of, of breadth, a very vibrant partner ecosystem that delivers solutions, not just the, the, the hardware solutions, but the overall software assets to solve real problems and real challenges. And as one example, um, we, we have a partner who did a predictive um, asset maintenance uh, solution. Um, it's, it's in our portfolio of market-ready solutions that are ready to deploy now and go forward. And this is really how they can utilize Intel-based platforms to analyze and take actions and ultimately bring um, higher quality um, product out through their, their area of um, production. Great perspective, Christine. In terms of the alliances, I would like to understand when you mentioned about the Vibrant Partner Ecosystem, could you talk a little bit about the uh, FIDO alliance that you have in place? Uh, I would like the industry to understand what it means to Intel and what that means to the customer segments that you serve as well. Yeah, so the, the FIDO alliance is, is a great um, case for how do you solve one of the challenges that the these industry um, players are looking to solve in security. Cyber threats are a reality and, and there's challenges. Now, solving this can't be done just by Intel. It can't just be done with Intel and our partners. It has to be an industry-wide. So we, we partnered with FIDO Alliance and over 30 different companies to bring a solution that really allows for the easier provisioning and onboarding of secure devices with a standard specification. A specification was released um, last year, and you're going to start to see um, solutions based on this brought forward. But this is an example of, you know, you, you can't just do it alone. You have to bring an overall industry along with you on solving some of these challenges that ultimately um, allow for solutions on to mix and match as well as, um, in this particular case, come on with, with meeting secure um, protocols, et cetera. Thank you, Christine. I think uh, one thing uh, the Fireside Chats are doing I hope it makes an appeal to the audiences. The moment anyone hears about Intel, the first recall that they have in their minds is the chip and the silicon, the great silicon capabilities that Intel brings to the table. But I think what uh, we, we're also seeing, and I'm also clearly seeing in these chat sessions is the focus is going beyond the silicon into democratization of software, and then um, industrialization of the hardware elements. So completely across the tech stack from the sensor to the cloud, um, Intel is muscling its way into its into the market uh, with the partner ecosystem, which is very refreshing to hear. And with more open platform and more open architectures uh, in play in the future, which is a fundamental requirement for technology stack simplification, uh, it'll be very interesting to see how Intel 
continues to play an important role with the manufacturing organizations moving forward. So my last question is, as we talk about customers, um, you know, in your understanding and experience with uh, customers across the industrial and energy space, uh, within this concept of technology stack simplification, could you share a use case with the audience on what you've seen and how Intel has helped and what outcomes uh, the customer has experienced uh, in working with Intel? Yes, so um, one um, one example, and this is a big one, it's a multi-year journey with um, us and many other industry players is the Open Process Automation Forum that is hosted within the Open Group. Years ago, uh, process manufacturers um, across the industry came together, and this is, you know, pulp and paper, um, chemical, oil and gas types of industry. You know, how do they re-envision and then ultimately define standards to redefine how process automation systems are put together, going back to that network architecture type of concept, and how do you then have the ability to have mix and match of components, whether they're hardware or software. Intel has been a key part of that journey in defining the open process automation standards. We, we co-lead the uh, technical steering committee and, and as the different specs have evolved to drive, drive and define um, some interoperable standards that allow for this to be possible in process automation systems and in, in how you know they ultimately uh, deploy into solutions. And and I'm it, and given this has been such a journey, I'm just delighted that we're at the point that ExxonMobil just announced um, a partnership with um, six industry leaders, Intel among them, to really to to take this to the next level and deploy an actual system into one of their factories. And I'm excited to bring it on that journey from, from concept to specification to ultimately to deployment with industry players coming together to deliver that solution for ExxonMobil. But then it goes on beyond that. You know, it, it, this isn't just for one company, one solution. This is an open architecture, open specification that we now can take to other parts of the industry. So this is a really exciting part of the journey. Um, of, of bringing these kind of open capabilities into the space. That, that example is close to my heart as well, Christine. We've done some work on the open process automation uh, field, um, especially because since you mentioned about the oil and gas industries and petrochemical industries, as you know, um, you know, they've, for years and years, they've always embraced what they call as the distributed control systems. It's a $14 billion market, which is very capital intensive and operational intensive for the 30, 35 year life cycle that they run. And um, it's very monolithic. Companies that play in that space drive proprietorship. And ExxonMobil has taken a leading initiative to, again, democratize it, make it very, very open. And it's, it's not hard to see why they've chosen Intel as one of the six industry leaders and the thought leaders um, to assist them in creating the OPAS advanced computing platform uh, for the industry to embrace and then drive uh, catalyzation of these best practices across other industries as well. So that, that's a great point. Thank you for sharing that example, Christine. Uh, it's, an, it's a great uh, session again, very purposeful, meaningful, uh, actionable insights on how Intel is driving transformation for the manufacturing organizations uh, across energy and industrial ecosystems. 
And uh, I also welcome the audience to tune in on the fourth session. The fourth session is going to be on a deep dive on a topic that we touched about earlier. And uh, the topic is on edge marketplace. So interestingly, what we're seeing is um, edge as a construct and uh, edge as a, a very important space for the technology stack simplification. But how is this edge construct evolving? What are the essential components to it? And how is that marketplace for edge developing? Uh, so that's really what Christine and I are gonna be talking in the next session, session number four. Uh, so welcome you all and thank you again for joining us in this session. Thank you. Thank you, Christine. Thanks, Ram.